welcome to a podcast from Hope Church Glasgow. For more about us, check out hopechurchglasgow.org. Hi, this is the first podcast of the new year of 2022. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy New Year to you. Um, And I hope that you are excited about the new year. Um, we have had an absolute rubbish couple of years, have we not? Um, it has been difficult. It has been testing. It has been mind-numbingly boring sometimes. It has been dreadful. It has been sorrowful. And yet, God, and, and I want to I want to talk about what I feel God is saying and doing in in this year to come. What what's He speaking about? What's He going to be up to? Indeed, what he, what is He up to? Because uh, as tough as it's been, He is on the move. He is at work. He is for us. He is with us, and He is building His church, and so on and so on. Uh, let, let let's kind of look at it. Try and look at the year ahead, twenty twenty two, with with the with some Holy Spirit eyes on and his perspective. And, and uh, I've got three things I want to talk about um, that I see he's doing and he's going to be doing. Um, I'll probably spend the most time on this first one, which is he's changing what we believe about ourselves as Christians. He's changing what we believe about ourselves as Christians. What I don't mean about this but what I mean, at the core of you somewhere, there is a there is a fundamental belief in your value, in who you are, in the condition of your life. Um, we'll, we'll dig in a bit more, but there's something inside you that 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 then you behave out of what you believe about you. And certainly, I've experienced this. I think we all have in COVID and prolonged sense of this. Uh, lockdown and all the pressures that's brought and, and strangeness of life, it really has believed, really, excuse me, really has revealed to ourselves what's really, what we really think is true about us. And, you know, some of our best and our worst has come out. Uh, and we will have been behaving what we really believe about ourselves during the pressure and the shaking uh, that we've been in it, it just kind of reveals the the truth of what we believe how we how we even respond i've just so noticed how this whole spectrum of responses to to the pandemic and to the regulations and everything from like having that rebellion and not wanting to obey any of them to to just absolute um obedience and, and and even fearfulness and and sometimes not just absolute obedience but really sort of picky application and and everything in between and and, and we, we're not getting a, having a go at anybody here we're all responding out of inside what what we really believe about us and about therefore about life I think people feel a bit stripped down a bit burned out a bit weary even a bit naked um, and and that's that's an uncomfortable place to be. Uh, but because you believe what you sorry, because you behave what you believe, 
what you what you believe isn't necessarily always true what you believe about you is true to you and is shaping the way you and i are living our lives but it may not be the truth it's not uh, it's not necessarily the truth it, it's often a place where we are due to conditioning of upbringing religion uh circumstances and the mindset the kind of worldly mindset that you know use a christian with the adamic mindset the fallen mindset that, that, that tends to rule and tends to leak into our Christianity more than we would like it to. So we believe things and they govern the way we respond and the way we behave, But the, and it looks true because we believe it's true and it's the way things work out, but it may not be the truth. Um, and, and for all of us, we're on somewhere on this journey, somewhere... Uh, some perhaps in a stronger place than others in terms of what we believe about ourselves. Um, it's really important to think about yourself with the mind of Christ, and we'll come on to that in a minute, because you're not the same you that existed before you came to Jesus. When you come to Jesus, when you come to faith, and become a Christian, whatever word you want to use for that, born again, the goal now isn't to submit the life that you had to the Lordship of Christ and make yourself more obedient to his leading, to his rules, to his reality. <clears throat> and so many of us still approach Christianity in that kind of way. So here I am. I've changed my beliefs about God and as a result of that because he's Lord and <coughs> excuse me he's good and he wants good things for me and he's righteous and he wants me to live righteous I will set about behaving around what he wants me to do but fundamentally I'm still the same man or woman that came into this place and I'm trying to train myself to be more, more Jesus-y. Now, that will get you so far, but it really, really misses the point. Quite spectacularly, uh, and I know that could feel painful, but if that's how we're thinking about it, we've actually totally missed the point. To be a Christian is to realise a, a new reality. It's to activate a totally new reality which is jesus inside you jesus inside you the son of god the one who made the planets who breathed them into being who sustains all things who came as a baby who walked the earth as a man and god who died who went to hell who rose again and now sits in heaven that jesus is alive in you and that's what you come to realize if you've understood the gospel properly, that's what comes alive inside of you when you say, you know what, I believe in Jesus. It's to realize this new reality, to activate a totally new reality of your being. It's to suddenly know that you were included in Jesus when he died on the cross and when he rose from the dead. So that you can say, like Paul the Apostle says in Galatians 2.20, that you or and I, we have been crucified 
with Christ. So our old nature and our old identity was put to death. Our old state of being or, or, and belief about it was put to death with Christ on the cross. It's not, so I've expanded on what that means. Okay, He didn't say all of that, but that's what it means. You have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live and I who live, but Christ who lives in you. This is like Christianity 101, but it's so not where many of us live. I have died with Christ and it's no longer, I've not brought an old life in to be modified by Christian rules and regulations. I'm not trying to get wholesome, wonderful teaching and realities embedded into my life or installed into my life. But my life is fundamentally the same one that I had when I was born or the day before I believed in Jesus in, in a full sense of the word. No, it's to have a new life. It's for a new life to come alive in you. And the life isn't just like a, a new, slightly improved version, you know, like kind of cleaned up a bit. It's the Jesus life. Jesus is alive in you and I. His death was yours. So your old identity, that fall, fallen human nature that's self-reliant, leans into its own resources, performs, is performance-orientated, is willpower driven, tries to please God, that's dead. <laughs> that's not how we do this now, guys. This is not the gospel. Willpower, self-reliance, performing, trying to please God. That's that's the thing he killed. That's the old life. That's the Adamic nature. That's 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 the sinful flesh, to use lots of Christian words about what we're talking about here. Someone awakened to the indwelling. You're someone who's awakened to the indwelling fullness of divine life. That's conversion. And you're awakened to that to the point that you have access, and I have access to the living mind of Christ in your conscious reality right now. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that we have the mind of Christ. So it's kind of continuing the same theme. Remember, I died. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And it's not some sort of theoretical thing. It's not just some positional thing. It's not some just doctrinal statement. It has a profound impact to the nature of our lives and what we now have access to. We actually are in possession of, of the mind of Christ. And, and I want to use that verse just to unpack a little bit more. What I'm saying right now is the truth of our being in Jesus. Rather than the truth of our being in our old life or what the world or our parents or experience or even COVID has told us we are. The truth of our being in Jesus is that you died and he is alive in you. And you have the mind of Christ. And, and, and he wants to awaken us increasingly to that fullness of divine life that is present. It's not something you have to earn. It's not something you have to find. It's already found you. He's already living inside of you. 
the issue is to line our, our beliefs with what he believes about us rather than what our experience or something else has told us we have the mind of christ that means that let's just unpack this idea it just helps we have the reasoning faculty of jesus in our conscious reality in our conscious mind we have access to the reasoning faculty of jesus to the intellect of jesus i'm just unpacking the word what this word means in the greek we have access to the views and the feelings and the plans of jesus the son of god in our headspace we have access to the temper and mood of jesus right now in our conscious reality that's the gospel and to be renewed in the mind which we many of us have heard that so many times in romans 12 in the first couple of verses but to be renewed in the mind is truly not to be renewed in the mental information that you are processing so it's really good to know bible verses and we're instructed to think about good things but at a funda deeply fundamental level to be renewed in the mind is ephesians 4 23 puts it this way to be made new in the spirit of the mind so that we don't live in the futility of our old mindset that sees us as alienated from god's life and that comes up in ephesians 4 the context is ephesians 4 17 18 19 talks about don't be like the gentiles don't get stuck in the futility of your mind uh, which is all wrapped up in hardness of heart and sees you as alienated from the life of God. If that, if you feel and think and believe you're alienated from God's life at any point right now, that belongs to your old life that died. That's an Adamic mindset. That's an old life mindset. That's a fallen mindset. What he wants is to renew the spirit of your mind. What spirit is running our mind? He wants it to be the spirit of Jesus, not the fallen nature. <sighs> keep following me, keep following me. <laughs> because that mindset is not alienated from God's life. We live, we now have and live in the mindset of Jesus and Jesus's mindset was one of constant union with the father where he could see and hear and feel what the father was feeling saying and doing that was the reality Jesus lived in that was his what was going on in his head and that is in your head now too and my head too we have the same mind of Christ who had that ongoing uninterrupted access to the father we have that ability jesus said that my sheep would hear my voice it's a different way of saying exactly the same thing the voice of jesus is rattling around inside your heart and head now uh, we live in the mindset of jesus we we, we need to li literally repent repent is such a difficult word because it repent is repentance i mean they really laid it on thing it's like do penance over again is it's i think the source of it is in the latin but repent doesn't mean that it means change your mind change the way you think right now let's change the way we think about ourselves to agree with what god believes about us 
rather than how we felt in the past or what others have said or what circumstances have done. Let's live in the mindset of Jesus more and more, live in the place through repentance where we, yeah, I know it's horrible, but change your mind so that you believe what he believes about you, which is you're in constant union with the Father and you can see, hear and feel the Father. And I believe he's working it in us to awaken that reality in us because that is the real truth of our being according to what he achieved at great expense through his death on the cross and his subsequent uh, plunge into darkness and then his resurrection. He changed the nature of your being so that there's a new truth about you which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And you have access and you have the mind of Christ. Um, and you're like, oh, Andy, yeah, but, but, but what do I do? What do I do? Well, practically, practically, let, let me just try and keep pushing the thought, okay, just to help you. Is this fundamentally a belief thing? And the behavior will follow our belief. Because it's not convincing ourselves something that is true because it's not really true. This is realizing and believing what is already true. Therefore, as you, we, and me and you realize this and believe it and, and, and align with what God believes about us and align with what he's already done for us, with us and in us, our behavior will float. So what we've realized in COVID is we're, we're basically living our beliefs. Our behavior follows our beliefs. What starts to happen here is our behavior follows this new set of beliefs about ourselves and it involves him washing away any shame you and i may feel about who we are what we've done what we haven't done and he washes it away in his love and you know you have certain acceptance in him absolutely guaranteed rock solid embrace in the arms of the father it's not striving to believe something but agreeing with what he believes about you not what you feel about you or what your history tells you. The outcome of that transition, that renewal in the spirit of your mind, that repentance, that shift in mindset, is that people around you will get more of Jesus from you, not more of you from you. They'll experience more of his love from you and through you, more of his wisdom from you and through you, and more of his power from you and through you, because he's living his life in you and through you. It's there, it's accessible, it's a free gift, it's, it's a mindset shift away. Everything you read in scripture about Jesus increasingly becomes your reality, and others will experience that from you. So people will be healed around you. People will be blessed. They will encounter joy. They will get more hope from you. They will feel loved by you. They will they will say, wow, where did you get that wisdom for this job? Because you have the mind of Jesus and his reality has invaded your reality and therefore you will bring that reality that truth of your being into everyday life with your children your spouse your workplace your studies i believe he's doing that i believe he's doing that profoundly across the nations and in the church because it's going to change what the world sees of jesus 
and, and I've got two more things to say. So that's the first thing is changing how we and what we believe about ourselves as Christians. Is changing, is not changing the truth of our being, is changing what we believe about the truth of our being. The truth of our being is he's in you. And he's, a, he's helping us see that and live in the depth and reality and fullness of it. Literally, you've received fullness and he's, he's wanting you to be filled with the fullness. Um, second thing, a briefer point, is that revival, he's, he's doing a revival. And, and a few years ago now, probably about four years ago, he spoke to me about the revival that's coming is going to be like in the days of Noah. And I'm like, what does that mean, God? And he said, well... In the days of Noah, the floods, the the, the, the floods, so pardon me, I'm forgetting my Sunday school, the rain came down and the floods came up. You can read it in Genesis. There, there was a, both an outpouring and an uprising, if you like, and that's the revival that we are in, I believe, and what is to come. So yes, God pours out his spirit. I believe he's still pouring out his spirit on all flesh. We're, we're to pray that his kingdom to come uh, that's our prayer that jesus left us with so like more of god's will be done more of heaven come to earth and we know that the kingdom is in the holy spirit so we're praying for more of that but that that is something we're quite familiar with believers is the is the god come please god do more please god invade please uh, what he said to me is it's not just going to be about an outpouring but it's going to be about an uprising so the the rain came down and the floods came up and this is connection connected to the first point is it's a revival of the renewal of understanding and expression of who we are in jesus already there's this eruption from within us that christ is in us it's it what's what jesus said if you come to me and drink out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water so the revival gushes up from the inside of the christians they're not just going feeling empty crying out for heaven to come in them it's releasing the heaven that's already inside them the rivers of living water it's both an outpouring so god's moving to say things do things but it's also an uprising an outflow from within both and together because it it, it it's rooted in this strong sense of the truth of our being, our true identity, not as these guys, these people who are pleading for God to do something, but people who are realizing what he's already done. A revival like Noah, a rising up and a pouring out. And thirdly, uh, gosh, how are we doing? I feel like I've been talking for a long time this time. So this, this one's going to be brief again, because I've already talked a bit about this. Uh, I think in the last podcast of the year or last but one. Um, so this is the theme here is what's he doing in 2022? And we've looked at, I think the most fundamental thing is a revival of, if you like, or, or, or a revelation of all to, for all Christians that, that he's changing what we believe about ourselves so that the truth of our being is in line with what he believes about us and what he's achieved with us and for us through his death and resurrection. The second thing we've said is there's a revival of both an outpouring and an uprising. There's a there's a strengthening of this sense of identity and God flowing out from us as well as flowing to us. And thirdly, and rooted in these things, is 
Jesus is building his church. Uh, I've said this before, but it looks a bit a bit rough right now out there, church-wise in the Western world. I mean, man, I was talking to a friend in India, and, and they've been through horrendous things with COVID. They've had thousands of church leaders die. You know what they're doing? The church is passionately praying. They've gone through a 40-day fast, the whole church. Hundreds are coming to Christ. <laughs> what I see in the West is um, it, it, it's difficult to get people come to church, let alone fast and pray for 40 days. Uh, and it just shows such a different cultural mindset. Jesus is building his church and he's building it in the West and it's going to look different, but it's not going to look smaller. It's not going to look weaker. It's not going to look more feeble. It's going to look different because he's building the church that he prayed for. If you want to know what he's doing, look at what he prayed for and what he got us to pray for. And he got us to pray two things, really. Well, he prayed one thing, got us to pray another thing. He prayed for a unified body in John 17, that we may be one as he and the Father are one. And he prayed, told us to pray for his kingdom to come. So there's this unity that we're going to find. If, if we allow him to show us who we are, the truth of our being, which we've just spent a load of time on, we will find that that will shape our mindset about who we are as the body of Christ as well, because we have been shaped by this separate, separation-orientated gospel where God's just a bit over there and we're here, where where we're trying to submit to Jesus and we're trying to keep the rules rather than seeing that we are united. Uh, we've seen him to some degree distant, some degree disconnected from us. We've not seen ourselves in him and him in us. We've conceived of ourselves as islands connected by bridges and we have to build and maintain these bridges rather than seeing ourselves as the people indwelt by the same saviour all embraced in the same arms of love by the same Father, enjoying our relationship with the Father and Son by the power and work of the same Holy Spirit. So we're not, we're actually fundamentally joined and connected and embraced in the same spot, not little islands connected by little bridges. So to do unity, which at times just looks impossible, but we know is desirable, and we know it must be inevitable because Jesus prayed for it. To do unity actually requires this gospel rethink that the point one is really all about. Uh, it is that we understand <coughs> this connection. Um, we understand that we're connected to Jesus and him to us. And the, the truth of our being in that new sense means we don't just see ourselves as in, differently as individual believers, but we see ourselves as included in the corporate body of Christ. The truth of our being is that Christ is in us, and the truth of our being is that we are in Christ, and the truth of our being is that we are all in the same body. We are joined in him. We are one spirit in him. Um, and it requires us to think spiritually and not in the flesh. So if you read the first few chapters of 1 Corinthians, they are divided. And he says you're just in the flesh. Basically, you're relying on human effort, human will. This is what the flesh is. You're relying on the fallen mindset of I am not, I am in shame, and he is distance, distant, and he is maybe angry or condemning me. That is the flesh. That is death. 
that produces division. This fresh revelation of our union in Jesus, both personal union with Jesus, which is where we always take it as as, as Westerners, it's always, but it's not just personal, it's corporate union with Jesus. So we're united because we're caught up in him, not just because we believe some common truths about his death and resurrection and the forgiveness of our sins. The truth of our being is we're one, not just with him, but with one another. And, and I believe we're going to see expressions of unity. We're going to see believers finding one another. We're going to see reconciliation between believers. We're going to see reconciliation between ministries and churches. We're going to see a softening of heart and a pooling of resources and cooperation and mergers because we've realized in all of this time that we need one another we're maybe not feeling as strong as we were before we entered into this uh, this pandemic and the fresh the the, the 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 unity isn't coming out of weakness it's coming out of the strength of the revelation of our union with christ the weakness we feel has just given us opportunity to connect to the revelation of the strength of who we are and he's building something beautiful because he's building his church. So once again, thanks for listening. These are my three points of what he's doing in 2022. It's a fresh revelation about how you see yourself as a Christian, what you believe about you. There's a revival that is both an outpouring and an uprising from within. And there's an increase in unity because Jesus is building his church. Thank you for listening. I pray that you would get fired up. I pray that you would see his church. You would see Christ in you. And I pray that you would see more miracles this year through your life than you have ever seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Thank you for listening. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or search Hope Church Glasgow on your favourite podcast player.